Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, April 15th, not Tax Day, 2020. Thank Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. God, and I'm arts and culture writer <laughs> Ashley Steves. Not even, not even in the bank of my brain to think about taxes right now. Yeah, yeah. you can play the Beatles, the tax man, uh, if you want. Um, exactly. Early on in this pandemic, they decided to push back to July, so you've got a little bit of time. Uh, but Ashley, you and I haven't done a show for, I feel like, has it been, a, been over a week? Forever, I know. Yeah. Crazy Very times strange. here in... Uh, yeah, um, but I want to let everybody know that I had two really cool interviews uh, that I did on Tuesday that'll be rolling out at some point this week. One will probably be part of a Today on Broadway. One will be a Tell Me More. Uh, the first interview that I did was with just one of my favorite people, Tony winner Lena Hall. Oh, wow. We talked we're spoiling about her it ahead of time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to get people excited. I don't want sure. to tease. It's what we call a tease in the biz. Oh, a tease. A tease. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with the tease. You heard of that? Yeah, well, different I kind of tease. I have heard of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that too. Lena has a new album out. It's as wonderful as you would expect. Her new TV show, which is literally one of the most anticipated shows of the year, called Snowpiercer. It is debuting so on TNT on May 17th. If you're unfamiliar with it, it is based on the... Uh, well, it's an, actually, it was originally French graphic novels, but then mm-hmm. uh, Academy Award winning director uh, Bong Joon-ho turned it into yes. a film with uh, Chris Evans. Uh, was it Chris Incredible Evans? Incredible film. Yes. Yeah. Chris Evans. It's But it's great. It's a great film. Like one of the, like Tilda Swinton's in it. Tilda Swinton is amazing. Yes. In this film. Love Tilda Swinton. Uh, it's so good. But this is a kind of a prequel. Um, it happens much earlier in the timeline of the film. And uh, I've seen the pilot. It is fantastic. David Diggs is also in it. Um, So we talk about that. That'll be my new Tell Me More. Yeah. um, So it's going to be really, really cool. It's had a crazy um, roller coaster ride to getting to the TV. Like the fact Mm -hmm. that it's been delayed multiple times. It switched networks. But it got a season two pickup before season one even started to air. In fact, they've almost filmed all of season two already. And... They had to reshoot the pilot because they had a change in the showrunner. And in fact, Lena was cast, Lena was cast, filmed the pilot. And then they decided the new people running the show came in and were like, oh, this like you, we should rewrite this character to make it more like you. So she has got a completely different character um, for the new version of the show. I didn't know that one. Yeah. So Lena, I talk all about that. We talk about her album, talk about a lot more, talk about legally blonde search for the next Elle Woods. We just, it's a fantastic conversation. Um, Then also I caught up with Oliver Roth to kind of talk about the new reality that we now have with the way that Broadway is looking now that we know it's been, closed until at least june 7th we talk about what we think is going to happen what that means what shows are doing now to deal with that what we think the tony awards should do we there was a lot of things i'm just going to tell you now where it's like nah, i don't know just gonna have to wait but um it was a good conversation <laughs> to kind of work through the mental exercise my conversations with people yeah. it's just like we don't know it's unprecedented we don't, we we have absolutely no idea what's about to happen in the coming months right and because so much of it has it's not in the control of theater people. It's in the control exactly, of the yeah. local and state governments. Right. Not not in control of the federal government because they have no say in what the individual states do. But, they also have no control, as evident. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Okay. Anyway, if you want to have a little bit of control in your listening life, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio. And if you would like to uh, support us in whatever way you can, we would much appreciate it.
All right, Ashley, let's get into the news. And I cannot tell you how happy and excited I am to be leading off today's show with some actual, like, oh, normal yes. theater news. Oh, my goodness. Because it was so good. Yesterday, Jeremy Jordan and his wife, Ashley Spencer, who, speaking of Legally Blonde and, like, TV, musical theater, reality <laughs> yeah. shows, I have been an Ashley Spencer fan since the days of Grease. You're the one that I want. Um, so I love seeing her. Um, but Jeremy and Ashley uh, announced the nominations for the Lucille Lortel Awards. They'll be presented in a special online event Sunday, May 3rd at www.lortelawards.org beginning at 7 p.m. And Ashley, I know you noted this on social media. Mm. It is so good to see actual nominations reflect the the artists that they are. And it's not just a bunch of white dudes. Casey Mink said something similar, but let's run through some of the big nominations for outstanding plays. We have Aziza Barnes as blacks. Uh, We also have halfway bitches go straight to heaven by Stephen Adley Girgis heroes of the fourth turning by Will Arbery. Is this a room by Tina Sater, Mrs. Murray's menagerie by the mad ones, All great shows there. Outstanding musical, A Strange Loop by Michael R. Jackson. In the Green by Grace McLean. Octet by Dave Malloy. Soft Power, Play and Lyrics by David Henry Wong. Music and Additional Lyrics by Janine Tesori. Secret Life of Bees, Book by Lynn Nottage. Music by Duncan Sheik. And Lyrics by Susan Birkenhead. Outstanding Revival, A Bright Room Called Day from the Public Theater, written by Tony Kushner. Fires in the Mirror from Signature Theater, written by Anna DeVere Smith. For Colored Girls Who Have Considered Suicide, When Rainbows Is Enough, from the Public Theater, written by Intazaki Shange. Little Shop of Horrors, which was a commercial run. Uh, book and lyrics by Howard Ashman. Music by Alan Menken. And then, this is interesting to me. I, I would not have considered this a revival. I did not see the show. But Macbeth, which is obviously based on Macbeth. Oh, by the Red Bull Theater. But it's adapted by Erica Schmidt. So I did not see right. enough. I just would have assumed that there was enough differences in what they did. Because it's a slightly different name. I knew the kind of like the theme. But mm. I didn't realize it was close enough to be considered a revival. So that is very cool, Ashley. Um, outstanding solo show, Bella Bella, Harvey Firestein, Dana H. by Lucas Hennaith, performed by Deirdre O'Connell. The Way She Spoke, written by Isaac Gomez, performed by Kate Del Castillo. We're Only Alive for a Short Amount of Time, written and performed by David Kale. Uh, Where We Stand, written and performed by Danetta Lavinia Grays. Going through some of these other ones very quickly. Outstanding Director, Stephen Brackett, A Strange Loop. Tina Sater, Is This a Room? Danya Tamor, Heroes of the Fourth Turning. Annie Tip, is it Tippy or Tip, do you know? I think it's Tip, but I'm not okay. sure. I'm not sure either. Annie Tip, this is a name that we should probably get to know. Uh, Annie Tip for Octet and Less Waters from Dana H. Running through the performers real quick. Uh, Liza Collins-Zayas from Halfway Bitches Go Straight to Heaven in the Lead Actress in a Play category. Emily Davis, Is This a Room? April Mathis, Tony Stone. Zoe Winters, Heroes of the Fourth Turning. Turning, former Tell Me More guest, Zoe Winters, by the way. Uh, Cara <laughs> Young, All the Natalie Portmans. Outstanding featured actor in a play, Christopher Borg, The Confession of Lily Dare. Uh, Mark Bovino from Mrs. Murray's Menagerie. Garcia from Continuity. Francis Zhu, former Tell Me More guest, in his first of two nominations for Cambodian Drop Rock these Band. Names, yes. I mean, look, I, I'm getting close <laughs> to 50 episodes. I've got a lot of really Yay. good guests. Uh, Ken Narasaki, Ken Narasaki from Greater Clements, outstanding featured actress. Uh, let's go, just go to the musicals. Go to the lead ones. Outstanding lead actor in a musical: Jonathan Groff, Little Shop, Joshua Henry, The Wrong Man, Francis Zhu, again, Soft Power, Larry Owens, A Strange Loop, and Conrad Ricamora for Soft Power. And then Outstanding Lead Actress in a Musical, 
uh, Aisa Davis for The Secret Life of Bees, LaShawn's The Secret Life of Bees, Beth Malone, The Unsinkable Molly Brown, Janelle McDermott, We're Gonna Die, and Grace McLean in the green. We, of course, will have a link to all of the nominations in the show notes. And Ashley, oh, like I said, it is just so, so good. That was so satisfying. I know, that isn't it? That's the, why I read a bunch of them. That was the highlight of my month so far. It's like so good to actually have things <laughs> to talk about and then to love so many of these nominations and of course the there were so many shows that would have been eligible for nominations that we aren't going to get a chance know, uh no they didn't yeah. get a chance to, to open but these are some really really great nominations as far as i'm concerned i was fortunate enough to uh to see most of these shows and it's again it's so satisfying to one have a moment of normalcy <laughs> it's just like oh wow totally. theater awards and honoring all these great performances that happened in the past year these are amazing nominations and i love so many of these performances and so many of these shows of which i've talked about several including is this a room dana h was the last show that i saw before the shutdown and i couldn't have picked a better show to end on just incredible uh, I l- I'm so excited. Every time Soft Power is mentioned, I just get so same happy. Girl, same. And it's yeah. you know the cast recordings coming out this Friday, and I'm like, it's I'm just counting down at this point. But yeah, it every there are very few qualms I have with any of this, and when I say there are very few qualms I have, it's essentially none because again, it's so, it's so nice to see. It's just like, oh yes, there we had all these performances, and I was fortunate enough to see most of these performances. <laughs> there, and there was once that, a thing that called is live a, theater. That is a good thing to go back to. The one qualm I do have is actually in the Outstanding Featured Actress in a Musical category. Ari Groover was nominated for Little Shop of Horrors. She is one of the Ronettes. Um, the, the, I guess originally, at one point they were called the Street Urchins, I think. I thought she was great. And I've talked about how much I loved that those three women and the harmonies and they're fantastic. But I really, really thought Tammy Blanchard deserved a nomination. I thought she was fantastic as Audrey. She was doing something very different than what we are so accustomed to with the Ellen Green version of that role. So I thought she was fantastic. And I, while I loved Ari Groover, I don't think that one of them stood out separately from the others to deserve a nomination more than Tammy. That is a but, weird thing because you you collectively think of them as the Ronettes and not right, really exactly. separate. It's weird to see Tammy not nominated when both Jonathan Groff and Christian Borle were nominated as well. Correct. Yeah, Christian Borle was nominated in the feature actor in a musical category, along with Jay Armstrong Johnson, who I thought was amazing in Scotland, PA. But anyway, actually, let's get on to some of the uh, less exciting run-of-the-mill news. Oh, um, we'll get we through this stuff. Stay there. I, <laughs> <laughs> I will do the rest of this very quickly. I promise. Okay. This is actually good news. Yesterday, Society of London Theatre and uh, Actors Equity UK announced that they had come to an agreement to support actors during the current suspension of West End shows due to the COVID nineteen crisis. According to a press release, the new agreement provides the best possible framework for the long-term job security of performers and recovery of the West End during these unprecedented circumstances and is a strongly and is strongly supported by all involved as the best way forward for the industry. It covers every eventuality and perspective from long-running musicals to plays with limited runs, productions yet to open and shows still in rehearsal when the shutdown begins. Under the new agreement, casts currently under 
contract are able to continue on that contract and have the opportunity to recommence rehearsals or performances with revised dates once the shutdown begins. This demonstrates the industry's commitment to ensuring actors and performers still have a job once theaters open. Now, obviously, Ashley, UK equity. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, UK equity and US equity are very different organizations. They have much much different levels of power in their individual communities and industries. But I think that this is a wonderful template for, I hope, what our AEA is able to figure out in terms of working with the Broadway League, just as the UK equity did with SALT. Mm All right, um, moving on. Actually, yesterday we found out, I talked about this before, I think you and I talked about it, a number of Broadway producers had agreed to match up to $1 million in donations that were made to Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS' COVID-19 Emergency Assistance Fund. Well, a new group of producers has stepped in to match another $1 million. Uh, now this will bring the fund up to $3 million um, so I love that. And I'm very glad that these producers are doing this mm-hmm. to reinvest in the artists that they work with. I'm also very sad that we can't find a larger scale opportunity to support these artists. And it's going to take something like this, although this is great. And I'm always in favor of people with a lot of money, helping people that work for them, um, uh, when the time is needed, <laughs> yes, but I wish that please. we could find, yeah, but I wish that we could find something a little bit more sustainable. That's not relying on other people paying out of pocket, especially when those people are also eventually going to have to start worrying about how much money they're paying out. All right, real quick. Um, I'm going to tell this story mainly because I want to get to a tweet, but yesterday it was confirmed okay. that Ticketmaster has a vent- has officially updated its refund policy. Previously, the policy allowed for ticket buyers to get their money back for canceled or postponed events. Now that language has changed to only include canceled events. What they are doing for mm-hmm. uh, postponed events mm-hmm. is leaving that money in the accounts and waiting for the date to be uh, to be changed and for a new date to be um, announced for those events. This led to U.S. Representative Katie Porter, who has become a huge star recently because of how she's done yes. some, uh, some things. She is fantastic. And in she her is. tweet that I talked about, she said, quote, I applaud Ticketmaster for continuing to shine in what is apparently a competition to provide the worst customer service in any <laughs> industry. Exorbitant ticket fees for negligible benefits now taking advantage of a crisis to line their pockets. Next level. Sounds about right. So, Sounds about right. Yeah, she's right. she's amazing. Ticketmaster is a joke, and it's a I terrible organization. Despise they, the, Ticketmaster. I want that to be publicly on record on audio. I despise you, Ticketmaster. Yeah, it's uh, it's terrible. They are a shadowy organization that I am convinced. So in much. fact, some people have said. They don't even really sell most of their tickets to their ticket buyers. They sell them to like StubHub and Vivid Uh Seats where they can have a larger markup and it's a big shell game and they're moving stuff around. But anyway, Ashley, let's keep going. Um, Yesterday, uh, it was confirmed that Broadway will continue to honor essential workers weekly with its Light It Blue campaign. What they're doing for Broadway theaters that have remote access to their marquees and digital billboards, they will dim their lights and activate uh these lights in blue um on thursday evenings from 8 to 8 15 p.m there ain't a lot of people in the theater district at that point and uh it's a, <laughs> yeah. but it's a nice little it thing is, it's uh, a nice gesture and you yeah. know sure but it's fine it, again <laughs> again 
the absolute least they could do. Always, uh, always. Yeah. And then James sent over this, um, the, it's a survey of theater audiences in Washington, D.C. It's coming from Shugel Research, and um, they did an online survey, survey of 2,700 Washington, D.C. area theater goers about their willingness to return to theaters in the aftermath of the current COVID-19 pandemic. Um, despite the regional specificity of the survey, um, I think that this is probably fairly accurate nationwide, mm. but the survey found that around half, 49% of those questions say that they will likely wait a few months before returning. Only 25% mm. think that they would attend right away. This is actually something that Oliver and I talked about quite a bit in our conversation. Um, that's why when I say that whatever the date is that we come back should mm-hmm. not should not be assumed that it will automatically get things back to normal. Actually. Right, right. And we've talked about this a lot, especially in mm-hmm. terms of touring productions and getting people back into seats where there might be communities that were harder hit than others. Like, you know that there's going to be a, 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 there's going to be serious reluctance there. In New York, there's going to be reluctance to even go into Times Square. Like, the tourist, tourism is going to take a bit of a hit for a while because people aren't going to want Definitely. to be gathering. So, let alone getting people in Times Square, getting people to go to Times Square, which, which is already congested, and then go sit in a theater with a thousand people. It's just not going to happen right away. Yeah, it's uh, one other thing that I think producers in the Broadway League and then theaters around the country have to factor into their decision-making process. Is it better to open up as soon as possible or to wait a little while longer towards to, until the public sentiment kind of swift, you know, swings back towards being a little bit more accepting of the new reality? I, I think that it's going to be a difficult decision for a lot of folks. I think but. you have to find a meet in the middle because obviously you have to keep you have to get people paid and you have to keep shows alive or maybe you don't have to keep shows alive. You have to keep some shows alive though to get people paid. But you know, maybe that means capping audiences for a while or in a perfect Mm. world, people be the arts actually being funded, but that's, we we, we live in America. I know. Common sense things that every other developed country does is not (laughs) something that's on the radar. Yeah. uh, All right. Actually, let's keep going here. Yesterday, the New York times has Michael Paulson, I'm going to talk about something he tweeted rather than a story that he did. Um, His tweet, and it's actually a thread, but I'm just going to read this first tweet. He said, quote, since the shutdown of Broadway, I've been wanting to see what New York's theater district looked like without any shows running. So last night I put on a mask and took a socially distant walk around. Now, this is not a feel good recommendation. Actually, this is a feel bad recommendation. It hurt my soul. Uh, yeah, he tweeted pictures of all of these theaters that are empty. He has a picture of TKTS's board in Times Square that says they will reopen at 10 a.m. on Monday, April 13th. Whoops. Yeah. Um, a uh, Los Tacos says that they will reopen on March 29th. Oh, See you in two weeks. I miss you, Los Tacos, number one. <laughs> so it's just uh, a ton of stuff. It's it's sad, but I think it's important. I, I think it's a very interesting look at these you know, what theaters look like without the thing that makes them a theater. I mean, they are always a theater building, but the thing that makes theater theater is the audience. And uh, it's a very, very different feeling when it, when it literally is a ghost town uh, at these venues. But here actually is something that is much, 
much uh, more of a feel-good recommendation. Um, it's not in my recommendation section because it is a, a little bit of news. Yesterday, the great and the good, the wonderful uh, Tony winner, Laura Benanti, announced that she has a new album coming out, and she released her first single, which is a cover of the Jonas Brothers song, Sucker. She's been sitting on this for a while, and she wasn't sure when she was going to release it because of, I mean look around generally but she what she decided to do was to release this song and she will be donating 100% of the proceeds from this single to support um food corps which is an organization that connects kids to healthy food in uh, 18 states in Washington, D.C. So she said, quote, This song and the accompanying video, which we're going to get to, are meant to celebrate the deep goodness we have witnessed in so many during a terrifying period of isolation. I wanted to create a time capsule of sorts highlighting our desire for connection, our willingness to, to reach out and help our neighbors, and most importantly, to honor the bravest and most selfless among us risking their lives to help others. I am honored to donate 100% of my earnings from this single to Food Corps, ensuring children who rely on school for their nutrition will not grow hungry. Um, She's the best. Yeah, the video is, uh, there's a little bit of her. There's some of her family, her husband, her daughter, her parents. uh, But it's a lot of kids from the Sunshine songs that she did. There's a lot of stuff from from people um, who are... Uh, medical workers in hospitals. There's stuff for people like delivering meals to people who are homebound. Um, and it's just very, it's it's just very sweet. It's a cool arrangement of the song. Um, my love for Laura Benanti is unquestioned. And I'm very open about that. I've interviewed her here on Broadway radio a couple times. She's literally the best. And I, I think it's so interesting to see her go from, you know, the really funny Twitter personality that I think mm-hmm. people knew her as a few years ago and even into the Melania stuff over the last few years, probably be, be uh, probably since she became a mother, um, she has taken on this incredible role as an outspoken, empathetic leader in not only the theater community, but in the entertainment industry. And I could not love her more than I already do until the next wonderful thing she does. And that <laughs> yes. uh, makes well, me love her even more. You so won't I went out wait. and purchased the single. You won't have to wait long, I'm sure. No, she's wonderful. And I. it's just been such an interesting trajectory for her as somebody who has been on Broadway for more than half of her life um, to continue to find ways to grow uh, in the uh, while in the public eye. And, uh, and I just think she's wonderful. The song is wonderful. And I can't wait for the full album. All right. One other thing that I want to mention here before uh, we get in, uh, before we finish the show, is my official feel-good recommendations. Only one of them is a video, uh, but the first one, Ashley, I'm sure is something that you have devoured. This is a new first- I have not, honestly. You haven't? Oh, my God. This is the first time I'm hearing about it, and I can't wait to read it. I'm shocked. I know. Um, (laughs) In The Hollywood Reporter, the one, the only, the queen of all Broadway- Patty Lapone did a Q&A about how heart. she is living during this crazy COVID-19 world. And let me find the one quote I want to find here. Oh, um, it is the absolute best. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> the question was, what have you learned about yourself during this time? Patty's response, oh, I stopped investigating myself years ago oh because yes. she's Patty fucking with us. <laughs> Feel, feel free oh, to bleep that out if you feel I, the need to. I refuse to bleep that, first of all. Second of all, okay. she's perfect. 
She's amazing. And I would die. So amazing. And I haven't seen this though. I was out most of the day, so I didn't get to see it. Um, But this will be. There will be a gap of time between when we record this and when I edit this, and it will be me (laughs) reading all of Patty Lacone's words. Understood. Another feel-good recommendation. It's not really a recommendation, but it is definitely feel-good. Yesterday, we learned that Broadway composer Hedwig and the Angry Inch composer Stephen Trask had officially married his partner of 35 years. Oh, Michael. Congratulations to the happy couple. And then finally, actually, the one video recommendation I'm going to have is not new, but it is new in terms of the fact that the public theater who is releasing things from their archives released it on Tuesday. And this is something that I remember watching it the very first time. And just for some reason, having an unbelievably emotional response to this. And I don't know why, but I do love a chorus line. Um, But I just bawled the first time I saw this. Back when Mm. Hamilton was off Broadway at the public theater, they, it happened to coincide with the 40th anniversary of of a chorus line which actually happened in the exact same theater that hamilton was mm-hmm. doing its off-broadway yep. run in and they did an incredible nine minute tribute to it um and it's absolutely wonderful and if you are a theater person like me uh and you uh, but i don't know if you cried when you watched it but you, this will definitely i cry get when i watch feels. most things honestly yeah so yes it's I did, wonderful sure. <laughs> it's it's so good and i don't know what it is but it just hits you right in the feels it's after a performance of hamilton audiences there they're in their very now iconic um uh hamilton costumes but this was five mm-hmm. years ago almost to the day um five God. years ago almost to the day and uh it's just a really really wonderful video that uh you know, made me made me feel good to watch again on Tuesday. <sighs> yes. Need need the feel good. More and more every day. All right, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right, don't forget, you can find us both over at patreon.com slash broadwayradio. You will be able to get my interview with the one and only Lena Hall there before it releases in the main feed if you want to check that out. I tell you, it's 45 minutes of just wonderfulness. I will never not get enough of Lena Hall laughing. Um, it's just a <laughs> wonderful, giddy sound, and I love it even uh, every you know even more every time I hear it. So have a wonderful hump day, everybody. Be good to yourself, be good to each other, wash your hands, stay inside, and we'll talk to you on Thursday. 